You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and thank you all for listening to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Over on 24-7 Sports, my uh, Indians shadow draft for the 2019 draft is up. You can go check that out, see what I would have done if I was calling the shots in the room. Um, so bad news. I know I had promised that my good friend Eddie Clayman would be on the podcast today. Uh, I also understand it's Andrew Clayman now, uh, but uh, when you've known someone since you're 11, they, they kind of stay at the name you knew them at. Uh, he is uh, living across the ocean, and sometimes I can make timing and other things hard. Some work stuff came up, so unfortunately he will not be the guest on the pod today, but we have already started putting in the works the rescheduling. Um, of said podcast, he will be on sooner rather than later. So since we don't have Andy here to talk about uh, baseball stuff, we'll talk about the All-Star Game, and then what I promised yesterday, and I seem to always over-promise and under-deliver because I run out of time, but we'll go and we'll look at using, again, the fun little engine on baseball trade values, look at some uh, players that the Indians could be looking to buy, and what it would cost, according to you know their machine. Again, uh, costs are always relative. Uh, prospects are viewed on such a spectrum from team to team and player to player. You know the Indians took Daniel Espino, gave him two point five million, and there were teams who didn't have him on the draft board. Last year, uh, Kansas City gave Brady Singer a lot of money when there were half the teams in baseball who didn't think he was worth being a first round pick. So it's again, it's uh, nothing is uniform except for maybe Mike Trout. Um, so without further ado, we'll talk about the All-Star game. The uh, It was a, a bit of a rough day for three quarters of the Indians All-Stars. Carlos Santana went 0 for 3 with the strikeout. Lindor went 0 for 2 with the strikeout. And Brad Hand, while he technically got a hold, he did give up two runs in his inning, which uh, is the most runs any pitcher gave up in the American League side of things. Now, the one player it was good for, it was quite good for, and that's Shane Bieber, who in his one inning struck out the side and ended up picking up the MVP award. So that was pretty cool. In addition, it was awesome that they had uh, Carlos Carrasco take part in the festivities, have him out there. Um, it was a, a really nice moment. But, uh, you know, it's the All-Star game. You're watching it just to see... Uh, all the, pl- the, st- the players you may not, you know, when I was a kid, I'm in my, uh, my mid to late thirties now, uh, it was a chance to see guys I didn't get to see. And that's what made the all-star game exciting. A lot of the national league players, I just rarely got to see. I mean, I, I didn't have uh cable growing up. So I, I could see some, some games, uh, at my grandma's and, you know, it's like the Cubs I could see cause of WGN and the Braves because of WTBS back in the day. But at my house, uh, it was only what you could see on UAB 43. So it, for me at that point, it was it was really special it was to see the guys who every Sunday in the Beacon Journal, number whose numbers I would look up. I lo- I would have that taped to my wall, which shows that the stat uh, nerdum started young. But yeah, I would always cut out the uh, the baseball stats and have them taped up to the wall, and uh, I would also cut out the minor league stats. And uh, that's probably where all of this started. But, uh, you know, if you enjoy it, great. If you don't, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of nice to see Shane Bieber 
take home that MVP award. And, you know, last year at this time, he was just debuting in the, the majors, and here he is uh, winning the MVP of the All-Star game. What a meteoric rise. And uh, you know, having interviewed and met him in the minors, really, really smart guy, really knowledgeable, really good. Like, just a nice guy. Um, very, very good guy. Uh, from all my interactions with him in the minors, so that's uh, that's kind of my wrap up on the All Star Game. Uh, we're gonna have the break a little early, and then like yesterday's show, it's gonna be I'm gonna bring up a, a player, and then we're gonna plug in some potential trade values. I'm not gonna I'm going to discount Tristan McKenzie's value in a lot of these deals, just because his value is gonna be higher because I feel like this machine again was set in more in April than it is now. And the fact that someone like McKenzie is hurt again, um, his value is just tubing down. Well, there's other guys like Zach Plesak who have a really low value, whose value would be through the roof. Um, but yeah, after the break, we'll start looking into some trades that could be if the Indians were buyers. And now is a good time for a word from our sponsors. First up is Hotels.com, .com website or app. Uh, they will tell you the places you should not go to. They will show you the best deals. They will save you time and money. Uh, you want to go there because that is their whole model. They are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them. Uh, use them. You should use them. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the little blue pill like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker, makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. This is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like, get discreetly mailed to your door. You're just going to pay that 5 bucks in shipping, and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember, it's bluechew.com, promo code MLB. Welcome back. Thank you again for listening, telling a friend, doing all the stuff to help our podcast grow. That is so important, and I really do appreciate all the assistance and help. Um, as I always state, it's great that I can always state this. Every month we are growing, and you know that's just it's fantastic that I can say that. So let's start off our uh, discussion of possible buyer trades with the Indians. That uh, one of the names that's been talked about throughout the year is Nick, Cast Nick Castellanos of the Tigers. Um, started out with a, a rough beginning of the year, has come on uh, a little bit more. Now he is listed as an outfielder, but he'd be someone you'd most likely just want to DH. His defense has always been a big issue. He doesn't really have a defensive home, but he can hit. And we have seen him uh, excel this year in certain areas, most notably doubles. He, uh, he currently is tied with Xander Bogarts for the American League lead in doubles with 29. Now, Bogarts has 17 home runs, and Castellanos only has uh, 9. But, and the other issue with, uh, you know, Castellanos versus Bogarts is Bogarts has nearly twice the walk rate. But enough about that. Let's let's focus on Castellanos, who's, you know, he's has an, an OPS of 810, if we want to. Dig a little deeper, grab some of those advanced, uh, somewhat advanced stats. If I were to go over to Fangraphs, and I always like the, you know, runs created plus, just because it really crystallizes everything down, so you can really just get a good view about total production. And we were to uh, pull up 
so we pull up his uh, stats over here on Fangraphs, and his runs created plus is a 113. Really good. It's really solid numbers. His defensive value is horrible, and that's what it's always been. Uh, the Indians are best served if they were to get him, just putting him at DH. Now he is a rental who is a net negative in the field, and that limits his value. He is a DH who is more of a doubles than a power hitter. Now, a year ago, the Indians traded for Leonis Martin, and they gave up uh, Willie Castro, who was around their 8th, ninth, or 10th best prospect. Now, the Indians also got Kyle Dowdy in that deal, so they got two pieces. And Dowdy wasn't just a throwaway. He's someone that the Indians liked. His velocity jumped. He was taken in the Rule 5 draft, and then the Rangers traded for him when he did not make the Mets because they liked him. So, And Martin, again, a year-and-a-half rental and considered a above-average plus center fielder. He had more value than uh than castellanos has right now if we're being honest so what's the cost well for the indians it could be depending on how you look at it it could be someone like sam henkes whose value is down at this point um it could be a will benson level uh maybe an oscar gonzalez level juan carlos mejia who's on the 40 man right now jose Fermin, maybe but it, it's it's something around that level uh one of those guys would make sense for the rental value um, using the trade value. Uh, Castellanos has a really low value. His value in the machine is a 1.4, which honestly for the Indians, um, well, they're not appearing in here right now. Uh, the value I saw in the machine for that is you know, excessively low. While there is no one on the Indians with a 1.5 value, uh, AJ Cole has a 1.4. Uh, Quentin Holmes, you've heard me talk about repeatedly this year, is uh, is a big arrow down prospect, a 1.3. Mejia, the pitcher I mentioned, a 1.8. Now, Karen Chalk is also a 1.8, but he's one of those guys whose value has skyrocketed this year. But the point is, he could be a rental, he could be an upgrade, and he would not cost you a top 15 prospect, likely at this point if you're the Indians. Or if he did, he cost you one who's about 14th or 15th. So let's move on. I saw some talk today. Uh, New York Post was talking that the Indians, uh, you know, it was reported in there that they liked Domingo Santana. Now, I hadn't heard this at all. Uh, it was in the, you know, why, it was basically an article trying to be like, well, there's a reason why the Indians would trade Trevor Bauer. That was basically the whole article was trying to rationalize this rumor that made no sense and to rationalize it because, you know, they want the Yankees to go out and add pitching. And they talked about, now I went Domingo Santana Indians as a Google search and the New York Post article is number one and there wasn't really anything else behind that that was an article from, you know, the past two months. But let's look at Domingo Santana, just in case that random tidbit was true. Now, Domingo Santana uh, is a 6.5 in the system, and that is likely a low score because he's playing well this year after some uh, struggles getting at-bats in Milwaukee. So uh, a 6.5 probably isn't a fair value. But if it was, uh, Bobby Bradley is a 6.6, .6, and that would be the matchup value. And that, w I don't know if it makes a whole lot of sense, just because I already have Dan Vogelbach, who's playing quite well and uh, is pretty much glued to the DH position or first base position going forward. Maybe you would pair Bradley with him. Um, next up, you have Sam Henkes, Tyler Olsen, um, kind of that level of player. 
So, you know, I I don't know. Maybe Henkes would uh, would appeal to Seattle. I feel like you'd have to do more than that at this point because his arrow's down and um, Santana's arrow's up. Um, kind of going through. It's you know what uh, makes you wonder about an Eric Haas. I mean, I like Haas quite a bit, but uh, Seattle could definitely use some more youth at catcher and going forward. Uh, you know, maybe someone like, because uh, if you're training him a pitcher, then you probably have to counter with a hitter. So a low A, a uh, lot of ticket type of guy would be the one that would make the most sense. Now, a big name who could be on the market is Anthony Rendon of the Nationals. Uh, talks that the Nationals are trying to resign him, that they are not all that interested in trading him. But let's say that uh, they decided that they were interested in trading him because he is going to be an unrestricted free agent. As we saw a year ago with Manny Machado, this does limit value to a degree. Um, you're going to get more value than the draft pick you likely would have gotten, especially for a team like the Nationals that have a, a higher team salary. So for them to flip Rendon if they are not close right now, um, to at least get, you know, Bryce Harper walking last year was kind of a worst case scenario for that team. So Rendon would be a middle of the lineup hitter. Uh, could put him right in at third you could maybe turn Ramirez Kipnis into a platoon for the temporary you could you could do something you can figure it out um you can uh, hit her that good you you make it work now they have his value at 14.7 uh again I'm looking at like Manny Machado situation where essentially Machado went for one top 100 prospect and then after that went for some guys that were uh, high-level performers, but not necessarily um, big-time prospects. You know, they were later-round picks who had had good production in the minors. So the prospect that comes to mind is I don't think the Indians are going to trade Nolan Jones for a rental. So the guy that probably makes the most sense at this point, because again, Tristan McKenzie, uh, his value is just dropping is probably Brian uh, Orcocchio, who is a in low A uh, shortstop to sign out of Venezuela, one of those um, players that uh, is very well thought of uh, from that recent trend of uh, the guys they've signed from Latin America. Really gifted hitter, uh, could be a potential plus hit tool. He's not the biggest kid, so power is always something that is is unlikely to uh, to come. But uh, you know, he can hit. He can play defense. It, he reminds me a lot of Tyler Freeman. I actually have Freeman rated higher because he's performed at higher levels. But uh, I think he's there. There's some similar um, lines of comparisons. So you're probably looking at someone like Rokokio, maybe Jose Fermin, who is sliding up boards at this point, and. Yeah, if I were just to keep going down, maybe, you know, an Eli Morgan, depending on valuations. Um, maybe Quentin Holmes, they would uh, take a flyer on, the former uh, high pick who has struggled, but, you know, still has the same physical tools. Jose Tenia is a guy who comes up a lot just because he's, uh, you know, he's another interesting shortstop prospect for the Indians. Maybe somebody like um, Jared Robinson, who... Is going to be. He's already 24, and 
converted to being a uh, reliever this year and looked uh, has looked really good in the role, and a lot of people think he could be with the Indians in the majors at some point this year. He's definitely a reliever to watch, so maybe something like that works. Now, it's, it's a high price to pay for rental, but you're getting a really special rental. You're getting a, you know, what they were hoping Josh Donaldson could be, but they got Donaldson so cheaply because of the injury issue. And the last name to mention is... Uh, arguably maybe the uh, most valuable player at the trade deadline in a lot of regards, and that would be Whit Merrifield. Now, he's playing outfield this year, but he has been an above-average plus second baseman for the Royals. He is uh, signed to an extremely team-friendly contract, which for teams like the Indians is huge. Your only downside here really at this point is the fact that, uh, you know, his his age, that he is... Uh, 30 right now and sometimes those middle infielders can uh, can decline a bit with age you know he didn't get a shot in the majors until he was 27 and this is his third uh, straight year as a starter and he's been uh, he's gotten better every single year right now he uh, he leads the American League in at bats and hits and caught stealing so maybe not what you want him to do there but uh, even when you go across and you look at his values his defensive war last year was excellent. It's, he's been a solid second baseman. The Indians currently have a second baseman. Um, he has played better of late, but uh, they don't have really anyone set up to grab that position because even if you're like, okay, you can shift Jose Ramirez, then then you need a third baseman. So Whit Merrifield is kind of an ideal. If you're curious about the money, he makes um, $1 million this year. 5 million next year 6.75 million which can increase up to 8 million based on awards and plate appearances then his age 33 year it drops to 2.75 million but that can increase by another 2 million to 4.75 million and his final year uh, in 2023 when he is age 34 it's 10.5 million or a 750k buyout it's the definition of team friendly uh, his future salaries uh, if you don't include the uh, the buyout, it's or if you don't include, you know, that ten point five million. If you include the buyout plus the next three years, it's still just fourteen point five million. Um, Carlos Santana makes that in a season, and Santana's been great, but Merrifield is a more valuable player. So you're looking at a top level talent, uh, good defender, great hitter, on an extremely team friendly contract. It would be very hard to make this deal work without Nolan Jones. Not impossible, um, but very hard. And I, again, I think the Indians are going to be extremely hesitant to uh, to trade Jones. McKenzie, it's, even if he comes back and pitches well, there's just not enough time for him to show anything. So I don't think he carries a lot of value right now. So how do you make a deal work uh, with McKenzie's value way down and trying to hold on to Nolan Jones? Well, you have to start then with George Valera. Um playing really well as a teenager big power potential great hit tool um the tools are there to be a special player he's going to be a top five prospect in the system he's a top 100 guy a lot of places already next guy uh you know this is just going to keep hurting because you're getting such a good talent tyler freeman uh i think he's the number two prospect in the system i think baseball america has him the top five fan graphs i know is not as high on him but he just he hits everywhere. He he's almost like a 
a Merrifield, uh, a young version of him if everything works out right. Now, rarely does everything. Uh, moving so steadily through the major or the minors at this point that uh, Freeman, and then the third piece, the kind of wild card might be Sam Henkes, because uh, he's a big lefty who throws hard, which I think would appeal to uh, to more the GM there. And they're often don't seem to be as concerned with things like uh, control and command issues, so uh, they would just see the big fastball lefty who's got a big body and. Uh, the Indians would trade three of their top ten prospects, depending on where you look. Um, I'm not quite as high on Henkes at this point, but Valera and Friedman are likely two of their top five. Henkes is definitely in the top 15. It's a high price. Um, so you got a guy in short season ball, a guy in high A, and a guy in double A. But you're getting a, a great player on an even better contract. I mean, you probably even have to include... A fourth prospect, just a, a real wild card type, um, to make something like this work. You know, maybe you know Aaron uh, Brachio was a, a big name guy who's had some injury issues. There was a point where he was supposed to be kind of one of the the big uh, Latin players. Um, he could be that kind of lotto ticket. He's missed some time because of injury. Um, it's, you go down through their minors, and it's just there's a lot of relief arms or recent draft picks. Um, so yeah, maybe Jose Fermin, who's one of those guys I'm hearing more about, who you know I've talked about on the show before. Maybe it's Bobby Bradley. Uh, the Royals currently don't have a, a set player at first base, so. Maybe you, uh, he's the fourth piece, uh, or maybe it's him instead of, of Henkes. But either way, it's, uh, it's not going to be cheap. So I hope you enjoyed today's show, even though it uh, wasn't what was promised. It uh, hopefully still delivered. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe.